me what the plan is. Ask me if you can help. Hello, Dexter Morgan fans, and welcome to the Dexter New Blood Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Reynolds, writer and producer of the Showtime original series, Dexter, and now the new Showtime special event series, Dexter New Blood. Joining me to break down the ninth episode, The Family Business, is a very special guest, Dexter New Blood Big Bad, otherwise known as Kurt Caldwell, Clancy Brown. And later, we're going to talk to the director, Marco Siega, and director of photography, Hilary Spira, and discuss how the episode came together and how they made Clancy look so beautiful. Uh, Can I stick around uh, for that one? So let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) I need some pointers there. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I don't think Mar- I don't think they made me look too beautiful <laughs> in episode nine anyway. Hey, how are you, man? It's good to see you again. It's been a been been a while. I'm doing okay. You look great. You look great too. Yeah. But uh, what a year! What a year! Let's let's get into this thing. Let's do this. The journey to Dexter. What was it like to your initial thoughts about Dexter before getting the role? Had you? I can't remember if you'd watched it at all or if we sprung if we like sprung it on you. Oh sure, I was aware of it. I remember when you when it was first going around the industry, sort of you know what do you, what do you think of this? I think somebody submitted me for Remar's role, which I'm so glad oh, Remar did instead of me because boy, he was so good in that. He was he's so good. He's <laughs> he so was. Good, Jim. Your journey to acting. I mean, you've been doing some of the greatest stuff forever. I remember you talking about like how you got your first role, and I was like, oh, I want to talk about that in the podcast. Can we talk about that okay. for a second? Yeah. yeah. But the bad boys, you mean? Bad boys, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I didn't get the role. I mean, I auditioned for it and didn't get it. And um, uh, they gave it to a kid, a young man, who was, who was very much more, you know, he was very much more naturally a blonde, and, and he was younger than me, and he was... Wasn't he was, James Remar, though. No, it was small. No, okay, it wasn't good. James Remar. <laughs> uh, Remar. Remar had a career going a bit by that time. <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, he, he, he was, a, he was, a, he was a real handsome kid. He was a young kid. He had really long blonde hair. He, he you know, he looked like a Viking. And, uh, there was, uh, dis, uh I was disappointed, you know, that I didn't get it, yeah. but you know, it was kind of interesting. This is Chicago, to, right? Yeah, it was in yeah. Chicago. It was kind of interesting to audition for, and there was plenty of theater going on. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, so it wasn't like a, it was the end of the world. And, um, then I got a call from a friend of mine. In New York, who said, "Hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in Chicago doing this movie called, called uh, Bad Boys." And I said, "Really? What part are you doing?" He goes, "I'm gonna be playing the part of Viking. I just had a great audition, and da da da." And I went, "Really? Because I thought they already cast that." <laughs> and da 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 da. You know, we sort of went round and round. He goes, "Nope, I'm gonna be there pretty soon. I wonder if I can crash with him." I'm like, "Absolutely, dude. You can crash with me, but I, but you have to know, I'm gonna start. I'm asking around about this." Because if <laughs> yeah. they're still casting it, I want to, you know, I want to <laughs> yeah, give it another shot. So that's what I did, and uh, and I think I screwed my friend out of a out of a role <laughs> because not because I was any better actor than him for sure, but because I was local and cheaper. Yeah. I, I I will always feel bad about that. But it was a stunt. It was a stunner. You've had a good career of like being like kind of the big bads. Uh, you know, from Highlander to that that little prison movie that you were in. Um, yeah. Why do you think that is? How come? Uh, how did it feel? How's it feel to be asked to be sort of the big bad? You know, it's what comes my way. Because <laughs> you're mean, not. You know. You're like the nicest. You are honest to God on set. He is the nicest human being around. Like, 
uh, if someone has a kid and they walked up to you and they're like, would you mind crusty clowning for my kid on the phone? You were just like, please, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, you know. And then you turn around and yeah. do something awful. <laughs> you bang Chloe up against no, the wall six you times. You write something <laughs> awful for me to do. I don't do, I'm just doing what just you acting. told me to do. I'm not, you know. No, but it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, left to my own devices, I'll clown around, but, you know. <laughs> Did you prop any sort of like serial killer influences when you when you started once you got the role? Were you thinking about other people? I know you brought a picture. Well, yeah, that was that was sort of somebody from uh, I was actually my manager who went to Florida State in the nineties, and there was a there was a serial killer terrorizing campuses around Florida. Uh, uh-huh. I think in Tallahassee, but also in Gainesville, and I mean it was really a, he told me he was it was really scary. It was one of those things that you know that kind of shut down shut down parties and and yeah. everybody was terrified they caught the guy my manager sent me the picture and he said what well, you know what do you think about this dude and i said yeah let me run it by the run it by the bosses yeah and you guys said fine because he yeah. was at that point he was a he was white-haired and he was uh he was uh fuzzy he was more like me right now than he was than what we did we we, we ended yeah. up goateeing him up a little bit we yeah made him a it's like a goatee beard Sort of thing. As far as being the serial killer, you know, it's because of your show, yeah. <laughs> because of Dexter, I think, and because you know, it's just like become part of the culture now. Um, you know, everybody sort of has an idea of 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 the behaviors of serial killers, right? It's it's almost yeah. part of the part of the mythology of of America now, and certainly the mythology of of, of entertainment. We. Uh, back in the day, I remember reading a lot of stuff about uh, the FBI's BSU, like back in the '80s and stuff, when it was kind of, yeah. kind of first bursting into the thing. And it was, it was interesting. It was really fascinating stuff. But it was all about profiling, right? Yeah. And then yeah. after a while, they figured out that well, you know, they're kind of fitting these guys into the profile. <laughs> you know, yeah. But they, 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 they didn't really are, catch anybody using a profile. But it no, they never did. in its own way, but. but <laughs> but they managed to stuff a lot of guys into that profile after they caught him, you know. That's right. And, uh, and See, <laughs> they don't like their mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, and there's a lot of that. I mean, you know, there's there a lot of there's a lot of commonalities between them, and the. But of course, the main commonality is that, you know, they're sociopaths, and they they exist in the world just fine. You know, yeah. they, they have, they know how to cope. They know how to get around and that's what makes yeah. it so hard to catch. I Even think. the, the weirdos like Ed Gein, like people were like, oh, I just thought he was a little eccentric, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Had no idea. Gacy, what he was up you know, to. it's like yeah. Gacy, how, how creepy is he? But eh, I just thought, you know, all of them, yeah. all of them, how do they get away with that? Well, they get away with it because they, you know, they, they 100%. know how to camouflage themselves in their hunting grounds. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. What was your first impression of Kurt? Like when you, because you got to read. Yeah, I mean, we had all the scripts yeah. done at that at that, at that point. Yeah. yeah. No, I th- I, yeah, I thought he was pretty interesting. I thought he was pretty original because he was a you know a successful businessman. You don't yeah. see that too much. I mean, plenty of plenty of psychos, sociopaths that are they're successful businessmen. Yeah. Uh, just not you know maybe not, not serial killing killers. people. Yeah. Um, but uh, but not not like a you know a, a small town successful businessman. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 very local. Uh, I liked his story that you that you uh, created around him, and 
And you know, I liked his I liked his presence. I liked his presence in the community. I liked what he meant to everybody. I liked, you know, how you set him up as, you know, a sort of a sort of a a, a good guy. He had that uh, yeah. uh you know, it's a wonderful life speech in the yeah. you know, the second <laughs> second episode. But you know, it was it that was interesting. And then you see him panic and how he how he sort of covers up the panic. He's not really good at covering up the panic because he's He's really good at being at everything being being yeah. square in yeah. his world. Yeah. And then when it gets not square, when his son comes in and makes it not square, and then yeah. Dexter runs into his son and makes it even less square, then he's he's really not too clever about about um I don't think he's too clever about covering it up. You know, he's he he's he's not a mastermind. He's a he's a he's He's good at what he does. Too, he's gotten too comfortable. Yeah. I think. You know, he's yeah. he's too fat and happy in his world. <laughs> and Dexter just comes in and screws him up. And I just wish Dexter would leave us alone. <laughs> so I, yeah. You know. He's got a bad but he habit never knows. Of that. He 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 never makes the connection really. I know he knows that Dexter killed his son. And yes. He recognizes the the predatory nature of Dexter. He recognizes, you know. Uh, bird of the feather, yeah. But I, I, he doesn't know much detail about Dexter. Like he still calls him Jim until the yeah. end, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Still does. It really, it really isn't until the table that uh, Kurt looks around and goes, "Oh, you're we're much more close than I thought." Yeah, we're <laughs> closer than I thought. But yeah, what was it like to play opposite Michael C. Hall? It's always fun to just see what Michael's going to bring. Yeah, you know, because no matter where he is, if he's just gonna, you know, keep the rhythm of the scene, that's good enough. And then every now and then he'll like, you know, pop into a high note or you know, do a <laughs> trill or something like that. You know, it's really, it's really cool. And you just gotta like kind of react honestly with him because what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, I, don't that's know exactly. what, I don't know what you saw, but I was just kind of, I was just no, kind of fanboying on him. <laughs> That's uh, me too. I've been working with them for like eight years, and I nine year, nine seasons now, and I I still uh, am in awe. And I was in awe of what you were what you were bringing too. Is so he's so warm and sort of uh, homespun, and he's the kind of you brought you brought this you brought something to to Kurt that you want him to be your dad. You want to be his friend. You want you feel uh, for him uh, in in. Uh, and that's hard to do because there's this whole other side uh, that that comes out, and even even that whole other side, even the like sort of dark serial killer side, is twisted and fucked up in a way that is there's a warmth behind it. That's <laughs> well, you wrote warm. that. I mean, <laughs> well, come but on. you brought it. You guys you know wrote I mean? that. It says, I'm protecting <laughs> these women from the from the yeah. shitty world out there. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, that's not my words, home. I no, I know, but it was you know. it was believable, you know. Like you, you could you could buy yeah. it. Like th that people that people would go out to that cabin. Uh, well, I mean, and, that's and, the whole show too. You, I mean, it's a show about a serial killer who rationalizes his killing, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Dexter and, and every, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the brilliance of the whole show. Is like you know, there's what's worse. Uh, let's talk about that. Um, the two scenes, the three scenes I want to talk about is. Uh, the with Dexter anyway is uh, with Michael is the diner scene, which you know in our heads that was like this is like heat right we get these two titans to sit down they finally you know you guys because the, the two characters have sort of brushed up against each other here and there you know when when Kurt right. brought the the drone to Harrison 
there was that scene out in the front porch, uh, which was a fun, which was a fun scene. But they're sort of yeah. glancing off each other a little bit, yeah. uh, feeling each other out a little bit. But then the diner scene was sort of like, all bets are off. Want to talk about that diner scene in that whole day? It, you know, it's on at that moment, right? Yes. It's on in that scene. And I think it's fairly clear that it's about Harrison now. Yeah. You know. Because talking about, about sons. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about this, you know, whatever's going to happen. And that moment, he was, he was sort of watching over his son, you know. Right. Thinking, my, my, my son is hanging out with a serial killer. My son, right. who, who uh, has bad tendencies, is moving toward this other father figure who's you know on the outside wonderful and kind and great and inside just probably a serial killer and uh yeah that that was definitely the beginning of the battle for Harrison's soul but i don't think i don't think um i think uh, uh kurt was kurt was feeling like the alpha i think in that in that situation because you know, he's like saying he's he knows that he's killed a lot of people and he's really comfortable with it and <laughs> it's not gonna be a problem. You might have yeah. just killed my son, but you probably don't know what you're doing. Like I know <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing. You know, yeah. and then Julia comes in and ruins, ruins everything. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that scene inside the uh that scene with Julia. Uh, talking through the, when we learned the, the origin story of Kurt. This guy's out of control. Uh, prison scene is the, is the next another one I'd love to talk about between you and Dexter. When Dexter now thinks he's the alpha male, it really was like each of them right. sort of like one upping each other. De- Dexter loose, right. let, lets loose the sheep, breaks into the prison. You're sitting in the you know Kurt sitting in the dark, and Dexter comes to visit. Uh, right. And it's one of those it's one of those yeah, rare moments that. The big bad wins the moment. Yeah, he thinks he's got me. And, you know, and I, you know, I know the truth, or I think I know the truth. Yeah. I, st- I, I still don't think I realize that, he, that Dexter is like a maestro serial killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just a small town, you know, big fish in a small pond serial killer. <laughs> but he's the, you know, he's Miami murder metro guy. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> How many people has he killed? 130? 135, something? I think. Yeah, yeah. 135. Only, you're only, you're only at 30. Of, that's a, Kurt's only at 30. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm a piker. I'm like, I'm like not even, I'm not even double A. I'm like maybe high A, if that. But, um, but it's my town, yeah. you know? It's my, it's Your my, turf. it's my field. That's my home field. Let's talk about, um, Kurt the serial killer. Uh, <laughs> uh, the way the way that he sort of um, it's funny, like watching it. I didn't. I don't. I don't necessarily think we thought of it in the room when we were doing it. But the way you sat down with um, with Chloe, with Skylar, with Chloe, uh, and uh, you know, we see that he gives her some money. We see that from Dexter's point of view, he's taking care of her. He's a very kind. Kurt's a very kind human being. Uh, and then offer, even offers a job. Um, what did you think would happen if she had said yes? If she had said yes yeah. to the job, she would have had a job. Yeah. You know, she would have had a job like um, like the lady that had yeah, the job, Susan? like the waitress. I yeah, forget Susan. her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susan. She would have. 
she would have worked with she would have worked like yeah. Susan. Wouldn't have been wouldn't have been and a victim. She would have made money and she yeah. and I don't think she would have been yeah. a victim. There's there's plenty of victims out there. <laughs> there's plenty of lost lost kids out there. Um, it's like a weird vetting he was doing. But, in the same way that Dexter would vet his but victims. But she also, I think he also knew she wasn't going to take it because yeah. she, you know, she took the money, number yeah. one. She didn't, she didn't leave, yeah. number two. She spent it on some, she spent it on clothes. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay. You can have a job, honey. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about having a job? Well, be better if you just gave me some money. Okay. Uh, all right. All right, then that's yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna survive in this world. How did you sort of process uh, once Kurt brings them into the room? So we see in this season, we see Lily and uh, and Chloe, um, and and we, we we film these scenes of, of Kurt watching. Um, want to talk about that process? Like, how, what were you thinking? What were you? What does this observing part mean to Kurt? Well, I think once. Once the door closes on them for the first time, then they just stop being, they stop being anything mm. other than a victim, mm. right? They stop being, you know, it's all, it's, it's all about waiting for the moment. I think, I think Dexter call, or Jim calls it the moment of fear that I get off on their fear, yeah. which may or may not be true. I'm not so sure about that, but. <laughs> if that's what you decide. No, no, that's that's, that's, okay. that's why I wanted to ask. Like, because I, honestly, <laughs> well, on the I table, I'm Kurt just... doesn't agree. Right? No, I I, I don't think that's. I, I think Dexter's assessment is is too simple. Yeah. And and I understand. Yeah. Um, but the, I I think they stop being people if they hadn't if they had were people ever because he's a you know sociopath. Yeah. But uh, at that point, it's. It, he, He's envisioning the final, uh, you know, their final state, and just waiting for the the ripening of that, so that he can get out and run. You know, it's interesting that he he's not a he doesn't want the confrontation. He wants them to get to the point of being afraid and ungrateful and running away. Yeah. You know, the, I wondered what would happen if if somebody just stayed there too long. Yeah. You know, somebody just said, "This is great. This is okay. I'm getting. I'm know, hungry. I mean, <laughs> I'm hungry. Hey, hey out yeah. there. Yeah. And when, what would happen if that when we'd play it through happened. in our in our heads in the room? It was sort of like there was a certain point when Kurt would let them see the camera. That that middle light wasn't a light. That it was a camera. That red light, and then and then that leads them to look up and see you're already dead, which was left by a previous victim. And uh, in our heads, it was sort of like Kurt saw that, and normally he cleans up after every room, and that and he saw that, it was like, eh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> we'll leave that there. And then Chloe, she was great. She was terrific, and she was she was game, yeah. and she was she's a good actress, yeah. man. She's a really good actress. I hope she works a lot. The reaction you gave Kurt when he shoots her in the face, I wasn't expecting that, and it was. Yeah. You want to talk through that, like that whole what was going on? Well, I, it's ruined the whole universe that he's built is upside down now you know that's not supposed to happen you know, i'm an old man and and i've worked very hard to do this the right way and spent a lot of money and you know this is me saving them yeah. and uh this is i mean this is kurt saving yeah. them kurt you know preserving them and making them live forever you know it's sort of like what what do you think the uh, when when an embalmer in 
in ancient Egypt messed up the, you know, the the mummy that he had to make. Yeah, or something. You know, it's it's upsetting. It's like, wait a minute, this is you know, this is we're in the middle of the process here. You can't, you can't change it. You're supposed to go the other yeah. way. He's written a story. I was a little surprised that maybe it hasn't happened before, given that you know it's he's had thirty people that he hasn't run across another victim that was that was a fighter. For us, it was she was she was the maybe first. Maybe he was yeah, but yeah, maybe she was uh, or or maybe you know Kurt could convince them a little bit more. Something was different. I don't know. Yeah, but for you, it was the yeah. first. Okay, yeah. Yeah. who knows? Yeah, and she ruined it. I mean, it's really just that she, she ruined, ruined everything. I mean, you ruined like, everything. You know, she ruined she ruined everything. Hitting your head I mean, and what? <laughs> yeah, you know, boom, boom, boom. Stole that from. Michael C. Hall. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> That's how a serial killer acts. Whatever Michael C. Hall does, I'll just copy that. <laughs> Fathers and sons, that's the other big theme of this of this season. Uh, as we sort of watch Dexter and, Dexter and Kurt struggle over Harrison. Um, I, I, I can't yeah. remember, did you, did you ever get to even meet Steve, the guy who plays Matt? I met him one yeah. time when we were at that, uh, that bar. Okay. He was terrific. Yeah. He was so good. I had such a, <laughs> it was so fun to watch him in those early episodes. It, he was, he was so fun. He's like, just, it was so fun. He's funny. He's, yeah, just begging to get cut up by Dexter, it seemed like, from the first Yeah, first just, just really, just really a great asshole, <laughs> but also seemed like a fun guy to hang right? out with. Yeah. He'll you buy know? you drinks. It'll be fun. Do you think the, uh, the decision for Kurt to target Harrison as, as, as vengeance was an easy thing for him or, you know, deciding he was going to kill him or the connection? Because it felt like there's a very I, real know, connection between the two. Yeah, I mean, you tell me. I mean, it's, it, seems, it seems like uh, a normal connection between a father and the son probably really wasn't there between, um, between Kurt and, uh, and yeah. Matt, but... And and you because you also see you also see Jim and Harrison trying to trying to figure yeah. it out, and you know I don't I I think I think Michael pulls it off that he he obviously cares about about his son. yeah, um, but I don't think that's what a serial killer does. Yeah, yeah, it's a little I bit, it's a little bit a of a. I don't think a sociopath. It's does. it's more like what they can do for I, me. You know, uh, in, right. in general, which is funny because that's one of the things that Michael said as as the season went on, that he started looking at Jack more and more like he's a, like a, a little mirror of himself. That makes sense. That makes total sense. I don't think Kurt knew exactly what he was going to do with Harrison, but he knew he wanted to possess him. He wanted to take him away from Jim. He wanted to. He wanted to hurt Jim. Because he knew he should hurt Jim for because he hurt his son. There was nothing. It's but and it's nothing personal with Harrison, which he actually says. Um, but I don't know. I think he does kind of like him, you know. Especially you know when he in that wrestling match and yeah, <laughs> moment when uh, Dexter and Kurt charge each other at that at that wrestling match. I remember even everyone in the stands. You guys were so good that they were like, oh, like, it's, it's going to happen. Oh, my God, it's really real. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and you were just like, let's go. Bring it hilarious. up. Come on. Um, the kill scene. Michael does his kill scenes. Like, everyone is 
a little masterpiece of, for him and acting and stuff. And, and it's oh, none of them are the same. Yeah. Like the circumstances are all the same, but he's you know he's playing the same tune. But like a good jazz player, he's you know really exploring different notes and all that stuff in it. And it's it, it was kind of just fun to watch. And then we had Jack sitting there, yeah. you know. That's a that's a whole nother part of the ensemble that you know a whole nother rhythm that's going on, um, and that was nice to bounce around. I mean, it was almost like you know because we were both trying to we were both trying to still get into Jack's yeah. head, not Jack, but yeah, Harrison's, Harrison's head. head. Yeah. And you know, he's such a he's such a good young talent, man. He's he's going. We nervous, it. you know. It requires a lot of of the big bads when they are on a table. Uh, it, it it's a little nerve wracking when <laughs> when when Michael's holding that big knife over you and then you know, he goes up like that. It's like and you're like, eh, somebody give me the other knife, please. He always stops. Yeah, yeah. Knows <laughs> quick, that, goes quick, right to the edge. Quick, no waiting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the, the the night got long yeah. for sure, but it's a you know it's an important scene, so you just you just do it and. And I had I get I got to watch two really good actors. I was a little frustrated because I was lying down so far down that I couldn't really like see Jack yeah. too much, and you know I couldn't I couldn't like you know I really wanted to be there by the monitors when <laughs> you guys were covering them just to see what was going on between the two of them because uh, they're they're so good together and they're just so good individually. I, that was a little frustrating, but other than that, you know, you just try to. Every, I think everybody in the room, uh, you know, all three of us, Michael and Jack and me, we were just. I think we were just trying to give each other what whatever the other one needed for their for yeah. their shot, right? I mean, and then do the master the right way, which was, it's kind of gorgeous yeah. the way it's put together. It's kind of, it's creepy and awful, but also you know, really some with nice the, photography. With the whole the audience sort of. of victims all around. It's like one of the first times that Dexter didn't have to bring a bunch of photos up yeah. to, to show, like, this is why you kill people. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, he's had right. the, I had the real sure, deal. Other sure. than, it was sort of designed that way because um, the very first yeah. episode of the show, Dexter kills this right. pedophile, this pedophile choir director, and he right. showed him the two right. bodies. So we had the bodies in the room. So we, we knew we wanted to, like, sort of bring it full circle. Oh, cool. Cool. I, that that's absolutely that uh, that makes perfect sense. Another like uh, one of your shocking, not not just amazing moments. I thought was when was when Kurt when when you when you gave Kurt that moment of like, this is pretty awesome, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Look at my you know. Look at my work. Like, you get me. <laughs> yeah. I mean you know. <laughs> yeah. You get me. I mean, nobody nobody else does. <laughs> nobody else would. But I, I also think that's a little bit of a dig, you know. That's that's also, that's also him realizing, ooh, you're 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 a sick <laughs> yeah. puppy. You're a sick puppy too. You 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 don't have any moral advantage yeah. over me. Still digging at him. Still trying to get to Harrison. Still trying to get at at Jim through yeah. Harrison. You know, by pointing out that there's. This is this is a zero sum game here. This is like you know, no, these guys. This guy isn't any better yeah. than anybody else. Shoot him, <laughs> kill him, pick me, kill him, and yeah. release me. <laughs> there, yeah, and there's that's a that's a sort of a very real little bit of a threat in there too. You know, like if he could have won, if he could have won him over a little bit, he thought he found a friend. 
<laughs> Maybe Kurt thought he found a friend too, but like, you know, as soon as it gets real, it's like, oh, got to push that, got to kill <laughs> yeah. that person. It's easier to kill than to, than to have a real relationship for serial killers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have any favorite scenes or moments, behind the scenes stuff, anything that uh, people should be watching for? Mm. When they when they when they uh, look back at Kurt over the season, I did love when when uh, Jim picked Kurt up and he yeah. was drunk. You know, it's a hard thing and to do to was, play drunk. You know, sort of fuging, like, fuging about his son yeah. being alive. You know, just yeah. living the lie. Yeah, <laughs> you know? uh, super good. <laughs> We had some. We had some good. Uh, we had some good dialogue in the truck driving away too. Is that, I don't it know did. if you guys yeah, heard yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the jail scene was interesting because I kind of got like stuck in this groove, and Sandy really, really pulled me out of it in a great way, you know. And and Michael too, because I got I kind of got stuck doing this doing this stupid stuff. And Sandy came in and said, "Okay, you know, now now mm. play it this way." It's like, of course, of course we play it that way. That's the way it has, that's the way it should be played. It's supposed to be head on head, and it's what Michael needed. And Michael was there 100% through the whole thing. And uh, I think I know which take you took. I haven't seen it, but I think I know which take you took. And you have to imagine, ladies and gentlemen yeah. who are watching this, that I did it completely <laughs> the opposite way for most of the time. Sandy's a great director, man. Yeah, he was, he was... Uh... He snapped me right. I, I was like a record. I was like a needle on a record. I kept skipping over this thing. Same thing. It's, you know, I know it's an old metaphor. Maybe a lot of kids don't <laughs> understand, but I was, I was a record and I kept hitting this one spot and skipping back and skipping back and skipping back. And Sandy just put his finger lightly on top of the needle Played through. and it plowed Heard its the way whole through lyric. the skip. And then Margo's was also yeah. a terrific director. I thought that was really smart that you just kept it to two directors yeah. the whole time. But shooting time. it like a movie the way we did. Made I mean, I think sense. on that day we probably did episode two, six, and eight. Yeah. That yeah. kill table scene was my favorite thing I've ever written. And you made it that way. You oh, made yeah. it incredible. Uh, you took it... You took it. No, no listen. Man, you, you took it to the next it. level. <laughs> I did. Well, no I'm giving you all the credit for it because it was you. You surprised me. I remember <laughs> no, sitting I on the set you, and just being like, "Oh my gosh, that was so good!" And like, you know, grabbing Marcos, and he's like, "Don't touch me." But uh, it was, <laughs> it was. <laughs> that's right. No, no, no. I'm not. It was watching As what you, you did you and should. the way you interacted with with Harrison and with Dexter, with I mean, you know, Michael and and, and Jack. Mm. You gave it this this journey. It was a long scene, man. We we got to milk the shit out of it. So, well, listen, you know. thank you so much, Clancy, for coming on the podcast. I know you have a busy life. You're busy, busy, too. We're all busy. We're all busy. The only time we get to sit back and relax is Sunday night on Showtime. When, That's right. When <laughs> on Dexter. The best show ever comes on. <laughs> Way to bring it around. <laughs> And now joining me to discuss how the episode came together is the episode's director and director of photography, Marco Siega and Hilary Spira. Hi, Marcos. What's up? Hi, Hilary. What's up, Hilary? Hey. How's it going? Hey. Oh man, great now that you guys are here. Holy cow, what a what what a year we've all had, huh? It's snow and small towns and big cities and hotels and you name it. We were truck stops. We were there, and you guys made it look so beautiful the whole time. How did you guys become what you what you are, Hillary? Uh, becoming a DP. Tell me the journey, so people can know how that how that happens. 
I have a pretty non-traditional journey. I kind of just went to school a little bit for undergrad and never sort of to grad school. So I just kind of shot everything under the sun and a little bit of working while doing and doing what I love and led to Marcos eventually down the line. We met on uh, a series called Lost Boys that never got finished, sadly, but um, the vampire reboot. I know, I know. It was right before COVID. It was the COVID shutdown. But yeah, just a lot of, you know, just kind of shooting everything I could get my hands on for a long time. Documentaries, music videos, commercials, a lot of narrative film, TV, obviously. Kind of always choosing the hard ones for some reason, always in frozen places or in the woods or (laughs) middle of nowhere, Canada, or, you know, you name it. You like the outdoors, it feels like. I mean, you you rode horses and drove trucks. I don't know if that's true or not. I should drive a truck. Yeah. I, I currently don't drive a truck, but I should. And motorcycles. Um, yeah. I, I grew up riding horses. I grew up in Vermont, which was very close uh-huh. to where we shot in Massachusetts. So very familiar with the woods and the cold. And, uh, and you guys, and like you said, Marcos, how did you um, come across Hillary? One of these things where I get sent a lot of DP resumes and yeah. I keep a file and I do go through them and I look at their links. I got Hillary's real a while ago. And it was sent by her agent in in a batch of DP reels. She had a couple of commercials on it. And I'm going to say Walmart. I think it was. I think it was Walmart. When I watch DP reels, I do it without sound. I'm I'm looking at at the images. I I was just struck by how beautiful they were and naturalistic. And when I was uh, up to do the Lost Boys pilot, I had this whole sort of concept of what I wanted to look like. And those commercials kept popping back in my head. And I was, Mm. I remember kind of scouring through my hard drive saying, who was that DP that when I, once I found it, I just, uh, I think I called your agent and got your number. I happened to be in LA while she was in LA. She had just finished a movie. Maybe it was run I think it was run, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we 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 both on live on the East Coast, but we happened to be in LA when I called. So Great. we went to some club somewhere, some restaurant, I forget where, and <laughs> had a meeting. Uh, we went I to a nightclub. Would, yeah. No. <laughs> what? what was I can't it? hear you because yeah. Hillary speaks very low. She does. <laughs> I thought it was the loud music, but it's just Hillary. When I left the meeting, I was like, I for sure scared her to death because I <laughs> rambled and I, I think I, I don't think I know, I busted out my iPad and I had images to show her of what I wanted that pilot to look like. And um, and I said, all right. So, you know, what do you say? And she was like, oh, let me let me think about it. The next day, I got the call that she wanted to do it, and we went to Wilmington and started shooting it. It looked beautiful, and then COVID happened. Yep. And then after COVID happened, uh, during COVID, I got the call to come finish the series, The Flight Attendant, yep. and I said, I'll do it if I could bring my DP. I they let me bring Hillary, and we did the final two episodes of that season one. And yeah. while we were doing that, I got the call from Clyde. And I remember walking up to Hillary and be like, hey, how do you uh, feel about being the DP on Dexter? And I lost my mind. Because yeah. <laughs> you were a fan, So excited. Right? Yeah, huge <laughs> fan, huge fan. And I will say, too, I was just playing it cool when I first met Marcos because I wanted to tell him in the room like how much I was dying to work with him. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk tomorrow. I was just like being the cool kid. <laughs> but really, I was like, I fell in like creative love. I was like, this could be so cool. And we see so eye to eye on everything. 
everything. The call for Dexter, I mean, I was a huge fan. I am a huge fan. It was just like a dream. Let's talk about the look of it, the, the discussions that you had to making it look the way it did, because it certainly doesn't look like the way, though it does in this episode. So we could talk about both those things. Well, the overall look was, um, I think that it was fairly obvious. I won- wanted it to be different than Miami, and that show was warm and vibrant and just made sense to go cool. But uh, what I really love about working with Hillary is, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of spit these ideas out and then we just fine tune from there. I, I have very particular things that I like and don't like, and she never, <laughs> um, uh, I think we really do see eye to eye because yeah. she didn't fight me on anything, unlike most EPs. But it, it was, I always felt like she was adding something, you know, every time I, yeah. I pitched something, she'd come back with uh, another idea. I'm so proud of, I wish people could see the, the lookbook I made before we shot. Uh, yes. Because if I should just create the lookbook with the Dexter stills that we shot, and, and you would see that they're exactly alike. So yep. we executed exactly what the game plan was. And, um, and then episode nine was just really fun because it opens back in the day, right? The yes. original Dexter. And we, Hillary and I had fought to change the aspect ratio of the, of the reboot to uh, yeah. an anamorphic, two, what is three, it? Nine. Two, two, three, nine. And two, three, nine, the, original, yep. the original was shot um, in a 16.9. That was really fun to say, let's open this in 16.9. And just subconsciously, maybe that'll click with the audience. They're watching the show the way it used to be presented. And also the color palette and the, the more vibrant yes. colors. Now, I remember the people that lived around that like play castle place that we shot this in uh, were in shock when they drove past one day and suddenly the, the whole building's pink. <laughs> and there's palm trees standing out front. And people are like, what's happening here? Because those, uh, those aren't Massachusetts colors. <laughs> No, no. Eric had those palm trees uh, shipped in to put outside oh that God. building. Yeah, we turned Massachusetts into Miami. That's right. <laughs> and it was super <laughs> exciting to see all these bright colors and be able to, and be able to shoot inside of uh, Wiggles Playhouse, whatever. Uh, you want to talk about the process of that? Were you excited, Hillary? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a fun challenge to go back to the original look, so to speak, you know, and shoot it with that aspect ratio, but also just making the colors more saturated and kind of playing with like harder light and stuff that felt a little bit more like the original series. And just, you know, I mean, I, I love the beginning of 109 for that reason. I love that scene so much. It just really stands out and it's performances are great. And it kind of, it just feels like this really fun throwback, you know? So yeah, it was a blast. It really was. I was really, you know, Scott, um, I was really happy that you stuck to your guns and, fought for us to be able to to recreate yeah. uh, something that happened in the past because there was a, a, a little moment there where yeah. the idea was that when Dexter tells a story, we would use flashbacks of the old episodes. Yeah. And uh, I think obviously that would have worked, but um, the, the design in the script, I loved just the storytelling in the script and the specificity of, of Dexter looking the camera and uh, yeah. when we talked about that and the movie references you made, that all just clicked with me and, and yeah. Hillary. And that was really fun. I mean, I had, 
I had a lot of fun shooting that sequence. And uh, Michael Lawrence, who played Wiggles, just oh my God. was amazing. I remember when, uh, when production was sort of like, ah, I don't know if we can afford this. I like went to Clyde and I was like, listen, we really, we have to do this. Because just showing the old stuff, like you said, it, it, it could have worked. But this is Dexter telling a story to his son that may or may not be 100% true. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, or, or is it Harrison imagining his father doing these things, which then becomes very sort of almost like a you know, superhero sort of thing as, as, as he's hearing all these stories. And so if we would have had to like, and also we wanted to, in the same way that we as viewers were introduced when, when, when we were writing this thing, in the same way that we as viewers were introduced to Dexter, he, he was going after a pedophile. There were bodies in the room. It was... When you see Dexter kill that choir director, you're like, yes, this is, this is justice. And so what's the way that Dexter is going to introduce the truth, of the, the truth of who he is to his son, but to say, I, you know, I take out predators. Uh, but even that's like, we, we see that he's fumbling with the truth a little bit in this episode. He does it a few times when he's talking to his son. Yeah, I had actually sat down and, and mapped out a, a version, because I really wasn't sure if we were going to be able to afford that the the flashback the, to shoot yeah. the wiggles and uh and I went to the pilot that's where I went for that reason cuz yeah. I remember the feeling of watching the pilot and thinking this is justice and yeah. it validated dexter right so yeah. I'm like this is what harrison has to experience he has to understand that what he does is for the better good of yeah. the world Protect, right protects children it's, yeah exactly yeah, so bit. um I, I had worked out a version in my head of the footage I wanted to pull from, but uh, I'm so happy we got to uh, recreate recreate it. And um, I think Hillary, you killed it with uh, yes, killed it, crushed it, whatever the term is. <laughs> you did you did really good. What are the kids saying? Crushed it, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, wasn't there like little kids there that were like uh, they, 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 the the extras that were part of the birthday party? There was like one kid who was just like, "This isn't the fun I thought I was going to be having." Like very up, up front, and then Deb in that scene, that was really fun. I think, it, and Hillary, tell me how you felt, but I really enjoyed figuring out the how Deb appears and disappears, yeah. and I think it it's uh, it's really effective in in this reboot and how that works. And, and Scott, you know, you may not know this. I don't think I mentioned it to you. And I think I told you early on, Hillary, uh, when I did episode two of season two, when we yeah. killed, when we said goodbye to, to the ice truck killer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a scene in the church when Her uh, Dexter is at um, Rita's husband's funeral. Yeah. And it's only... Rita and the two kids and Dexter. And they, they get up to go over to the casket to say a few words to their dad. And then his brother appears to him at the church. Yeah. And, and uh, I used that scene as sort of my model for how I wanted Deb to appear to him because there's siblings. And, yeah. Um, but if you go back and watch episode two and you see, and you see how he appears to Dexter and disappears and I... It's all it's the exact same way that uh, Deb appears and disappears, which is different than Harry. Yeah, and she's not like yelling at him. She's just trying to she's trying to just convince him and coerce him. You know, if you do this, uh, with, with waggling her finger in his face a little bit. Um, I love the 
the way that the way that you had the uh, the blade disappear, the uh, the cheek cutting blade, uh, the way Michael handled all of it. Um, it seemed like everybody was having the best of times. Like, and you even made a decision to sort of have Dexter look to camera. You know, uh, not just not just when he's hunting and looking for the bad stuff, but like that little the nose. Remember when he when he knocks the nose off his nose, the clown nose. There was a moment where I was like, "Is that too much? Is it too weird?" And Michael was like, "No, it's it, it, think about like what you just had me yeah. do right in the pre in the previous beats." He goes, "And I'm and I'm gonna look right at camera and own the nose." <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna knock it off, but <laughs> yeah, uh, <me> either. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a great moment. Yeah, it was. It really felt like a day where everything was coming together. the The playroom was great. The kids were great. The clown was great. The kill room was fantastic with the mirror and the plastic all the way around and putting them on a slide. I love the carousel of photos. That sort of like yes. dangling photos around around Wiggles was awesome. Yeah. And that was a fun, that was a weird day of dressing kids up as clowns and laying them and having them lay down on a floor and act dead. No, no, you're just asleep. Uh, but by the way, that little carousel, hats off to our, to Jen Garbino. Jen Garbino. I, I know that both Scott and I really wanted this thing to, to be active and to move. And I had already talked to Michael and he was like, great if I could spin it, you know, yeah. with the, with the blade. And we really weren't prepared for that. And she jimmy-rigged that thing together in, you know, 20 minutes before we shot it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So, and then, and then you have this, like, storytelling aspect that we have sort of the beginning of this thing of, of Dexter and Harrison in the warmth of the cabin, you know, telling the story, which uh, I love the way you juxtapose those two things together, the way you have this big, bright Miami you know, old school Dexter storytelling, looking stuff to this really warm. Because I remember on the day, uh, it was you, it was, I forget, it was probably it was you, Marcos, that was like, you wanted to stick them, rather because in the script they were like making breakfast, there was all sorts of movement that was happening. And you were like, let's put them over here and keep it still. You want to talk about that? We'd, we'd already shot uh, the therapist scene and the top of episode two. Those yeah. two moments between father and son um, felt like, they were of one piece, you know, because there wasn't, there's just that one little moment where Harrison gets up, looks around the cabin, then sits back down. But for the most part, it's they're faced off, right? And then in the therapist yeah. scene, they're together on the couch. And it's, it's designed very simply. The camera moves in specific spots. And, um, you know, Hillary and I talked about how to isolate them and our lens. We shot, I think everything is shot on the same lens in those mm -hmm. we just same lens that's the wide shot yeah. we're for the close-up so we kept the same um you know bore you with the technical stuff right but the, no this is good People the like same depth of field behind them yeah. and then when i read the scene that was as it was written it was it was a lot of moving around dexter's making breakfast and it part of it was how does he make this whole breakfast and tell the thing and it's, it's just a lot of business right yeah 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 and in the middle was, of business that's happening with wiggles yeah 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 and then it was just going back to well you know i had them we had them on the couch we had them at the table and let's just have them together and at one point i was like maybe we we'll put them on the couch and i think maybe hillary said be great with the fire behind them and that was that and it's just really beautiful and still yeah i was just going to say it's really simple and that's what's so great about it and i think 
I thought it was really cool that we saved the fire for that one particular scene because it's such an important scene and it's such a like, you know, it's a close scene between the two of them. And then how Deb appears in that is really beautiful and how she's not there. And so, yeah, I thought it was an awesome opportunity to use the fire. And I'm so glad that we went for it. I think it was your idea actually originally, but I'll take, I'll take credit for it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's that other very still scene out in the woods sitting on the back of a, of a truck, father and son, uh, with, you know, cause this whole episode, Dexter is struggling with like, how much do I tell my son? He clearly wants to tell him everything, <laughs> but he's got, you know, the, the voice in the back of his head that Deb is saying, hold off, don't, don't go too far. So Dexter's just sort of stringing him along, you know, holding that worm out, hoping he'll grab onto it. And, and, uh, and so he can bring him all the way home. Since Hillary's on this, I'll say, you know, I think what the audience doesn't, uh, often realize is a scene like that, which requires time, right? And performance and multiple takes, not because the actors forget their lines, but because uh, I'm trying to build to something. Scott uh, tonally has given me a note that, you know, he really wants to land a moment. And we know that we're going to have to cut it together a certain way to make that happen. And then you have, uh, this is why I appreciate you know, Hillary so much is we're shooting and it snows, it doesn't snow, the light's going down, we're losing light. And um, I can't worry about, you know, is it going to look okay? And having a partner like Hillary, I never worried about that. Like sometimes, you know, I'd go to her and say, are you sure? And she'd be like, yep. And then I could forget it and focus on doing my job. But um, it's simple, right? Just two guys in the back of a truck and we were fighting the elements and the light. And at the end of the it's day, it, it looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes, actually. It's it's so sweet and simple again. And it's also a huge hats off to our crew. It worked really, really hard. And it was, <sighs> yeah. it was actually snowing and it was actually <laughs> yeah. cold. And the light was going down at like 4 p.m. in the wintertime. You know, it's one of those things. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it is a big performance scene. I think like just keeping it simple and having confidence in that. And that was... Our idea, you know, lens-wise, it was just like that was the thesis, was just keep it simple and have it have this visual arc. And and I think that seems a good example of that, where it's just very, you know, it's wide-angle close-ups, and it's like one shot or two shots, it's a two-shot, and just it's about the performance, you know, and the environment that they're in. When we were shooting outside, the camera department had a little tent where you had all your screens and the, you know, the dit and all that stuff. And you and you could always hear you, you guys sort of like buzzing in behind there. What's like a what's like a conversation, an average conversation that you guys had inside that tent during a scene like that? Um, you know, we were working hard to match the light and the color, and so it was a lot about that, and just kind of constantly keeping an eye on it. And my my DIT Patrick Sicilian is constantly saying like. I think, Kelly, you need to lose some ND or you need to kind of add a little fill or this and that. He's trying to help me keep consistency throughout the scene. Yeah. It's long and, and, you know, we're losing the light on. Or vice versa, the sun's coming in and out because we shot so much of it outside in the elements. We're sort of embracing that, you know, and, and going with it, which is actually... Like Marcos is saying, it's a really... It's harder than it looks, you know? <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's so worth it. You made it, it look easy, though. Well, thank you. It was us and everybody together, you know. But um, so that's what we're talking about. We're just trying to keep a gauge on it and trying to, um, you know, he's keeping me honest, so to speak. And also we're shooting with multiple cameras or so making sure the cameras match and all that kind of really nerdy, fun stuff. Let's go back to Christmas. 
Christmas Day, gift giving. In the middle of all of what's going on here, you created such like a funny scene with uh, with Dexter and Angela and Audrey and Harrison that Kurt very quickly destroys. I remember being really anxious about that uh, that particular scene when we were scouting. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you guys remember, but I, I was going back and forth on the, the house and I didn't want the house to be too big. And yeah, I liked, it's be the, true. Lay, I liked yeah. the layout of this house, but it had so many things working against it in terms of um, the size and how we were going to work in there. And shooting during COVID, which you can only have like 20 people in the house at a time. and yeah. Right. So I just so that you're... The audience knows when when we rehearse a scene, we're rehearsing it for, uh, once I do it for the actors, we talk about what I want blocking-wise, um, then we bring in the crew and we rehearse it so that everyone can see, including second team. But that's a circus of people. And yeah. with COVID, we had to either do it multiple times or yeah. relay information. You know, department heads would be in there and have to pass it on. That's a really tough way to work. And I was, we were just so lucky with um, everyone who worked on the show and making it happen. But I was anxious, Scott. I was anxious about how I had it blocked because I knew I wanted to shoot it a certain way. And I was jamming Hillary into a corner um, <laughs> for some of this, uh, for, uh, these intimate conversations. And then just making the space feel real so that when Harrison and uh, Audrey are in the kitchen, with the monkey bread, uh, Dexter and Angela on the couch, and yeah. just something as simple as a transportation from the kitchen to the couch happening and feeling like a real space, not easy to do. Marcos is so efficient with blocking, and he's always thinking about where cameras can fit kind of while he's thinking of the blocking for the actors, that it really made it possible, and it makes it faster. I mean, I think a lot of other directors, at least in my experience, will get stuck in scenarios like that in that room. And, I mean, it seems simple when you watch it, but it's actually like a very calculated, planned thing. So, Just Michael's performance of, like, when he gives Angela the book about arresting and, you know, how, how, to, how to do all of that. And his, like, earnestness of, of you know, as, as good as he's become of, of a human, you know, in quotation marks, he still does get it sometimes. <laughs> and and uh, I, I love those touchstones that we were able to put into the show. Yeah, I think there's a real shorthand between Michael and your words, the material that you guys write. I, he understands the tone. So, yeah. um, because the episode plays the way it reads. And that's not always true, right? Yeah. But uh, I feel like, it, I think big picture, it's always true. You want the episode to to have the same, you know, you write a script and you want it to be executed. But I, I felt that episode nine was a tough one. I was like, to pull this off, uh, the, the, the shifts in tone yeah. and faking it at Christmas and uh, the layers of, now we're folding Harrison into the, into this ruse. Uh, yep. He's playing along with Dexter. And I thought, um, as good as Michael is, I think Jack really handled that part yes. of the character really well and, and stood up to the challenge of having to do it as well as Michael did. Yeah, because he's on a journey too, this, this episode of like putting this all together. Is my dad telling me a story in which... Oh my God, he really does kill people. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. 
uh, and making it feel real and uh, and pulling us along as an audience to make them want to to root for something they shouldn't be rooting for. Yeah, in that moment when he gets into when he when he when we get to the tomb and and he sees uh, what Kurt is and that his dad knew this and this is exactly what that story was at the beginning, right? This is justice. Yeah. We have to get him. It's not just about him being a threat to... Yeah, let's talk about shooting that moment, walking down that hall, walking down that space. You know, Dexter's back inside of a, of the, you know, uh, the, the back of one of those trailer truck things, you know, storage, trailer truck storage things again. It's everything sort of looping back around to its beginnings, you know? Um, and, and shooting a scene, like normally, a scene like this would be all about Dexter taking in the, that's my dog Mia, Dexter taking in the, you know, the proof of what this guy has done. And, uh, and instead, this is Dexter watching his son, hoping that this will lead him down a path to say, this guy deserves it. Let's, 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 let's kill him. Um, so let's talk about shooting that scene. Cause it was, uh, you know, writing it, it's, it's sort of like, a, I had this, this image in my head from a long, from this movie that I love by, uh, it's called The Black Cat, starring Bela Lugosi and, and uh, Boris Karloff. Um, and it was this woman in a, in a sort of a glass box that uh, when you find out the horrific things that are going on inside this house. And uh, so we sort of started with that and then built all of these cases that uh, Eric Weiler and his team, you know, built these horrific cases and filled them with, with all, you know, all the victims, and then you had to well, shoot it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think Hillary, uh, once we knew what we wanted it to look like design-wise, and uh, Hillary and Eric got together and they talked about how to, you know, put the lights in to the um, tombs, the individual yep. tombs, and then what that lighting gag would look like, because I really wanted, uh, I know... I, I think this was in the script. Like they, the that the lights come on as he walks. Yes. through it. I mean that that was the thing that happened on the day that when he walked in, they didn't do that. And uh, again, the crew was just like, "We got this. Don't worry, it's going to happen." And uh, turned it. You know, it was it was great. Yeah, but it was also important to me. And um, you know, this is the kind of thing I would throw at Hillary. It's like I, I'm not a big fan of like crushing blacks because it all feels. What's very that mean? Video- so when you're watching a show and uh, it's somebody's lit and there's some darkness behind them, uh, the shadows kind of become inky black and they disappear to nothing and you lose detail. Mm. And yes. shows, it, it tends to happen in color timing because um, it looks pretty. Like when you do it, so you look at a still, it, you know, something that's pretty contrasty, it looks appealing. Uh, yeah. I, I have a, one of my pet peeves is that you lose detail in somebody's hair Right, so if right. you go, if you crush a black, then Harrison's hair has no detail. It's just like inky black blob. You'd be head. surprised when you pay attention to it how many shows do like it just goes there. So I, I would say to Hillary, look, I want I want it to fall off to darkness, but I don't want it to be, you know, inky black. Uh, and and again, that's <laughs> it's a very specific thing that requires. It's not just in the color timing. It's it's the lighting and how you handle it. Yeah. I I I've said this to Hillary before. I would bring her on any show, and uh, we're kind of in a fight right now because I'm doing another show <laughs> that she did not come to do. 
Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm able to bring you together. My heart. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna just leave that there. Yeah, I mean, I love the gag in that scene. I love the lighting gag in that scene. It was so much fun to do. Just sort of the, the different quadrants that are triggered by his motion. Yeah. It's just such a visceral. It's, unve- it's unveiling this horror. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. It really is. And um, yeah, and just we had a mix of you know, real people and not real people in the boxes. And it was so yeah. scary when the light came on their faces. I mean, just in person, it was scary. And I think it worked so well. And we were going for that sort of, uh, who's the Russian guy that's in the, that's in, was that Lenin? I don't know. I forget. Yeah, it's Lenin. Lenin. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. We're going for that sort of waxy, you know, thing that, that Kurt's been doing, keeping everybody perfect. Which brings us to the kill table scene. Um, we've been building to this moment the whole season, and uh, and then and, and they say three's a crowd, but maybe not down in this show, not not in this episode. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we talked to Clancy earlier about his point of view of doing this, and uh, uh, you know, that, I mean, talk about someone that's just game for anything. You know, yep, I'll take off all my clothes and lay on a table, and then stand around in a robe. <laughs> he was know, incredible. Yeah. He's incredible. You know what? Never though, complained. Scott, I think it's like the magic of the kill table. Because if you really think about it, almost everyone that's been put on that table comes in, is tortured. They don't complain, (laughs) right? They perform. It's it's always like a fantastic performance. I think it's something about being vulnerable and in that situation. They give themselves to it. But all the kills I've done, the victims have always been amazing. And when I say amazing, great performances, but really... I I wouldn't want to be strapped onto a table and uh, they can't move for real, yeah. right? They're not yeah. faking that. Um, I'm always like, I, I, I like to go up to them and go like, do you have an itch like, anywhere <laughs> right now? Are you, I, do you need to pee? Are, are you ticklish? <laughs> and they're like, stop, go away. And I love, I love the performance of, of, of Clancy, of someone that's just like, this is amazing, huh? What I've done here, the work I've done here. Well, he's proud. Great. He's so proud of the <laughs> yeah. tomb, right? Like, can yeah. you believe yeah. this? You- it's his trophies. It's, he really does think of them that way. Yeah. I also love, you know, when we were writing it, the way that when Dexter's talking about all the things of what, this, what Kurt really wants, you know, you like the fear that it brings into people, you, like, you know, all the things that, that it ticks off inside Kurt's heart, you get the feeling Dexter's talking about himself, a little bit too, you know. He's 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 revealing a lot without revealing it. And again, that just gets to in these kill rooms, Dexter is never more honest. He's never more open to 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 the world, to the person, to the people on the table. And he hasn't really had that opportunity in this season because, you know, like the the drug dealer started talking about him being a bad dad. So he's just like, ah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's what it's it's what Deb says to him in episode six in the therapy yeah. session, and then and then in the middle of that, like, that's that's another thing that I, that I was amazed when I was watching what you guys were doing and, and the, the way you were telling story, is that normally in a kill scene, it is all about Dexter. You know, you're looking at Dexter, you're looking at from Dexter's point of view at the, at the victim. It's all about him, but we sort of thrust upon you in the middle of all of this drama and storm and drang and all of that. You've got Harrison's point of view. We're seeing, we're seeing things inside his head, which is again something we don't do that often, but we we've done it a bit on this show. You know, sort of seeing Harrison's point of view, but the blood and the and the memories of the kid. You want to talk about shooting, the challenges of shooting 
that and a kill scene in the middle of like, you know, a Dexter kill scene, I guess, yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, I was pretty stressed about the the amount of time that um, we had in there because I moved 360 around the table, not literally in one shot, but coverage-wise. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was one of those times where, because I am usually very specific, but yeah. I, I I remember looking at, I actually have my script in front of me. I, was, I had it in case I needed it. And, and one of the notes I had was, I wanted cover it from both sides of the line and to protect for that. So I was kind of forcing Hillary to light in every direction. And I, some of it we even cross shot um, in a yeah. very, very yeah. tight space. You did that masterfully, Hillary, because it was, I know it's not easy when you're in like in a hallway to get it, but everyone looks so good. Yeah, I think, you know, it's part of it is that it was top lit. So we had, you know, and we got a lot of bounce from the tables. So we kind of shoot it. But again, like everything else, it's like because you tell me that's the plan, we can kind of plan for it. And it's great. And I think it's everyone coming together with that plan in mind, you know, because our camera operators are really great in those moments, too, in keeping us kind of like helping us figure out the best angles and where we'd seen it from and making sure we were getting all the looks and the eye lines. Because it was actually tricky kind of seeing... Dexter both looked down to the table and over to Harrison and kind of making sure it was all covered. I remember one of the hardest things was getting that blood to actually flow <laughs> in the right way. That was something we struggled with. Didn't you like yeah, create they, the set to have it on sort of a, at an angle a little bit? We did. It was just the slightest bit. Um, we had, we put a board underneath um, the kill table put the yeah. table on top of that, but had some wedges at the end so that the blood mm -hmm. would roll in our direction and not just yeah. you know, spread out in a circle. As far as point of view, I think if people go back and watch it again, another thing that I, when we were you know, talking about the scene and all that, uh, you managed to not just have Harrison's point of view and Dexter's point of view and you know, of, of Kurt and all the shenanigans that are going on inside that room, but there's a sort of like great cloud of witnesses all these bodies around, and you, and you shot it in such a way that you feel their presence. You feel like they're they're watching in some way. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a masterful scene. Uh, you guys really, in, in such a small Scott. space, did something you know worthy and wonderful of winning the heart of Harrison over to serial killing. I really loved uh, the the feedback from people on how these moments look and no. feel to them. And uh, people are registering the, the touchstones to the past and, yeah. and talking about how we played, you know, paid homage to something or clearly used something as a reference. And that's been, that's really satisfying. Favorite moment or scene, something that happened in Nine that you just love, some magic that happened, some memory. It could be on camera, off camera. This is a jam-packed episode, it, actually. I mean, of a lot of scenes holy really cow. Like. Yeah. I, have, I do have a favorite memory, and, it's, and it actually we captured it on, on my Instagram. Uh, Hillary's in this photograph. It's, uh, which I, I don't know why you haven't yet, Scott, why you have not had... Peter Saldo on your podcast because <laughs> oh, yes. uh, Peter Saldo is our, our first AD. Amazing first AD. Oh, my first AD. Yeah. Um, he's the most intense, detailed, manic, kind-hearted, yes. crazy person you'll 
ever meet. He shows up, you know, we shot this dead of winter and it started to get warm and here we are shooting in uh, what's supposed to be Miami. So Peter, in true Peter form, shows up in cut-off jean shorts that are a little in bit shorts. too... He's wearing shorts. Yeah. And they get shorter as the, as the season goes along, yes. by the way. Yeah. I can't say it's getting bigger if the shorts are getting smaller. Who knows? But, but he was, he uh, also, as a fan of the show, was so into the idea that we were shooting this moment from the original series. And he was just particularly manic that day. And uh, he would follow Hillary around, uh, like, and making sure he's, like, listening to every conversation so that he could come to me and tell me how much time there is. And, <laughs> uh, and at one point, Hillary and I were setting up a shot in a hallway. And I, I think Cameron took the photograph, but we're setting up the shot, and Peter walks in the door at the end of the hallway, and he's standing there, like, just utterly confused. It's such a Peter moment, um, but he's great. We couldn't have done this show without him. No, Peter's, Peter is the wind beneath all of our wings. He's amazing. Didn't he wear a kilt? I think he wore a kilt in this episode, too. In the, uh... He wore a kilt when we, um, the day that we, that, yeah, that we put the injected Kurt. How about you, Hillary? Did you have a, a moment? Oh, man. I had a few. I really liked the nose hit. I, I was yeah. geeked out over that. I was laughing pretty hard. But just, I got goosebumps when we were shooting the the uh, Miami sequence and um, Michael was walking down the hallway with the flashlight. It just, there's something about it that felt so original series. It was super fun. Yeah. And I was just like, here we all are here watching this together. And it was cool. For me, it was uh, when Dexter was, is also when he was in the, in the back of Wiggles' uh, room and uh, we had stuck the, um, there was like an almond can that had the oh, snake yeah. in it, the snake in it. I'm sad we didn't, it didn't end up on, on camera just because this, because like you say, this episode is so action packed and we had to keep it down to an hour. I mean, we could have had a 90 minute movie, I think, out of this episode if, for sure if, uh, with, with all the stuff that we had. But uh, the moment where Dexter's like, he's a little hungry and he go, opens it up and the snake pops out and Dexter doesn't flinch because that's how Dexter rolls. Working with you two has been a dream. Oh my God. It was, uh, it was, a, it was an epic journey that we were all on that started with 55 days of all outdoors, taking over a small town, taking over a truck stop for a week. Um, uh, I, 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 have you uh, heard? You have you? Uh, same, yeah. same, Scott. Um, have you heard the the people from um, like the Shelburne Falls? How they've? What's been their reception of their town on on screen? Do you know? They love it, and they're having big screening parties. Like we've shown that oh, town more than cool. than all the movies that have that have you know the, the few movies that are filmed there. Uh, I would love to hang out at that. At that, um, I forget the name of the the brewery that that they had on at, uh, uh, right there off on Main Street. I bet they have yeah. some great screening parties with that back deck looking out over the water. Well, that um, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that we um, we show that town the way we do, and it looks yeah. like you know at least fans who've reached out to me and and um, write things that they're like, I want to live in Iron Lake. Yeah. Right. It's like it looks like a great place to live. And that's the feeling we had when we were scouting and we came across mm -hmm. Shelburne Falls. We were like, it has to be this town. And uh, the, the, the people there, the police, the, the local government, everyone who 
helped us do this because we shut them down. You know, we took over the bridge. uh, They rerouted traffic. It was just such a great experience. No town looks more beautiful at Christmas than the way uh, you lit up that town, Hillary. There was five million Christmas lights, <laughs> courtesy of the art department. <laughs> yeah, it was gorgeous. It's uh, it was pretty. It's very yeah. Rockwell-esque, yes. Well, uh, thank you so much, Marcos and Hillary. Um, you guys rule. Thank You're you. the best. What thank a, you, Scott. What a time. And thank you, Hillary. You made this so much thank fun you. and beautiful. Oh, yeah. right back at you. This yeah. was a dream. In every yep. way. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for writing such great stuff. Oh, man. This was, this was the best. Uh, sure. well, that's a wrap for this week's episode. Um, listen every Tuesday and subscribe to the Dexter New Blood wrap-up wherever you get your podcasts. And watch the epic. And it is epic. Would you guys agree with me that it's epic, the finale? Yeah, yes. it's epic. I, it's I, super epic. I can't wait. I can't wait. I had a moment uh, when I was editing the finale and uh, everything was so secretive around it. And yeah. even dailies were not distributed to people. And uh, yeah. the, the, most of the crew just had redacted scripts. They weren't getting the back half of it. And I was um, editing and I was with uh, Kate Ennis, who's our editor. And she, yeah. uh, we, we both looked at each other after a, we watched it through that first assembly when I, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm ready to, to, to look at it. Because it took you a while to get it, there. Yeah. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was always kind of working on little bits and pieces and, and sending her ideas of how I wanted things to play. But when we'd finished for the first time and uh, we kind of looked at each other and it was like, we're the only two people on the planet yeah. that have seen this. It's a really cool feeling of having like that, of owning it for a minute, you know? Yeah. But it, even better feeling of knowing that I can't wait to hear what people think. So don't miss it. The epic Dexter Newblood finale this Sunday, only on Showtime. This official podcast of the Showtime original series Dexter New Blood is produced by Showtime in conjunction with the wonderful Malka Media. Mm-hmm.